0: This is the so
1: TikTok motherfucker. I impeach, but we've done Mary that already, show. and yeah. hopefully there will be no more opportunities for that. I meant indict. There, w- there will undoubtedly be other indictments, but I'm with you, Norm. I'm changing it to convict the motherfucker already. Uh, so, Norm, I um, just want to get your general impression of today. I, I, there are a few things I want to get in, into, including some abysmal coverage of what happened today. Uh the yeah, I know. Brian Brian is, is leaping out of his chair to get to that. Um but also, you know, some things that did not transpire that we were worried might transpire. Uh the issue of being basically blacked out from knowing at all what's happening in the courtroom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but let's start with just your general impressions.
2: Um, okay, first, uh, we will get to more comments about the abysmal coverage. I have to say that when, uh, MSNBC, uh, interrupted its analysis to go to, uh, Trump's, uh, one of Trump's, I uh, use the term advisably, lawyer, uh, Haba, um, who just repeated a bunch of lies, Um it there made should me go uh, uh, up or... a little bit my mind. And then I kept switching back and forth with CNN, but uh, it's not like anything was much better. And on CNN, one thing that just drove me nuts was, and it's not just CNN, this is uh, endemic to, uh, I think, all electronic media. They were having what actually was a pretty good conversation about national security with former General Mark Hurtling and James Clapper. And Hurtling was in the middle of a pretty interesting comment when they interrupted him to go to the garage where at some point Trump would emerge so that we could have scenes of a bunch of black cars driving away. And it just is its such a, an embarrassment for the whole nature of what news and news coverage is. Now, that aside, if I could trade the non-televised coverage of an arraignment for televised coverage of a trial, I would do it in a nanosecond, because in a lot of ways I don't much care what was going on in the courtroom. We got descriptions, he looked serious, he folded his arms, he twiddled his thumbs, he was sitting there with uh, his co-conspirator who apparently had dinner with him last night and does not have his own lawyer. Which one would think would be, um, an absolute set of no-nos. Um, but I could huh. live without that. What I'm fearful of is that canon, and it actually fits what uh, normally happens in federal criminal It mm. does not allow television coverage and maybe even, just as with the arraignment, says no phones, no cameras, no tape uh, of anything that's going on. So that we don't get the powerful evidence, which we already know from uh, the indictment, the 37 counts, of what horrific things Donald Trump did to violate the law, obstruct justice, engage in a conspiracy, and endanger American national security. That, to me, is so important. Whether he's convicted or not, if it's 10-2, because you got a couple of Trumpists in the uh, the, uh, jury pool, or 11 to one, or even nine to three, whatever it may be. I want voters who have even the slightest amount of ability to open up their minds, to understand that what Donald Trump did is unprecedented in the history of America, is different from every other president, from every other candidate, has nothing to do with what Mike Pence or Joe Biden or anybody else might have done and if we don't get that uh it's going to be really really bad for the country.
1: Yeah, um I I think that's that's absolutely true and the you know cutting away to bedminster or no wherever he was, who cares wherever he was driving from are the, is the motorcade coming out? Somebody told me that Jake Tapper referred to the motorcade as looking presidential, and I, that just makes you want to Please. jump off a cliff. Um, and uh, But as to the issue of having a camera in the courtroom, uh, I think there are two reasons that you touched on uh, that make it vitally important. One, obviously, is that Judge Cannon has shown herself to be not just incompetent, but a partisan hack. She can't be trusted. Yeah, exactly. So we need whatever mechanisms that are available to us to make sure thing. that she's aware that she's being watched. Um, but, Brian, I think
3: she knows being maybe watched. a more
1: important reason is that, you know, and this is anecdotal evidence, but I've heard enough reporters who've spoken to the, you know, couple dozen. People, just as a quick aside, the reason it looks like there's so many of them is because their cars are really, really big and their flags mm. are really, really big. They're just huh. a, a few tiny people. Um, so, anyway, um, but they're telling reporters that they haven't even read the indictment because they don't trust the DOJ. Hmm, wonder why. So, we need cameras in the courtroom because they will watch. They will watch because. I assume Donald will have to be there. I could be wrong. I don't think he had. Can he opt out the way he did in the Egan Carroll trial? No, no. So they will, they will have a choice then, of believing their own lying eyes, or believing Donald Trump, right, well, Brian? They'll,
4: they'll always believe Donald Trump if they follow Donald Trump.
1: Okay, but you don't think you don't think that that watching everything that's presented. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not talking about the cult members. I'm talking yeah. about, you know, people who might still have a couple of brain
5: cells to rub together.
4: Well, that uh, one would hope. I think the biggest problem, uh, the biggest concern, of course, is uh, how Donald Trump will uh, uh, purport himself, how he'll act in a courtroom. And so if a camera is there, he might act one way. If the camera's not there, he might act another. And I think they're mm-hmm. trying to keep down the you know, trying to keep down the brush fires. When, in my case against Donald Trump, when we filed suit against Donald Trump and we had to appear three times in federal court to uh, to keep my press pass, there were no cameras in the courtroom either. It's kind of, that's kind of the federal courtroom standard. And I think, I don't think they're going to change it in, in Donald Trump's um, case, although you give a compelling reason why. I, I just don't see it being changed that much, but it, it will. It's going to do a couple of things. It's going to, you know, you saw me nodding my head in the bobble fashion. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> that was my bobble head. But yeah, yeah, you're going to see because of that, the coverage of this is going to be as pathetic as it was today. Um, I mean, when you have his. Uh, mouthpiece, current mouthpiece, equating love for country to love of Donald. What happens is when you don't see things for yourself, you give them that that room to spin uh, and give them the ability to, to forward their lives without being seen directly opposed to the facts in the case. And it's the facts in the case that are going to be um, compelling and they've already spun that. And, and uh, real quick, I'll just go through what, look, This act started with Ronald Reagan, and when you get, when a president leaves office, or when anyone leaves office, especially the president, they pack their stuff up real quick. I mean, the day of inauguration, nobody's moved, right? Uh, Four or five hours later, it's all gone. They bring in dozens of trucks, hundreds of people, they pack stuff up, and they move it away, and the last few weeks of, of any White House is as hectic as it gets with you know, trying to train new staff, getting new oh, people shit. in, your people are leaving, their people are coming in. When you and I move, if yeah, I move, okay. you know, I, I recently moved, you know, to split my house in half, I, I'm, fine, I'm still finding stuff in boxes. The National uh, Archives Records Act, those people, they come in and go, look, are by the way, we checked out, you have this, you have that. When you get a chance, give it back to us. Technically, you're not supposed to leave the White House with anything that's, you know, records. But they give you a grace period. They're they're not, you know, not inhuman. They go, all right, look, I I know you were in a hurry. You moved quick. When you get a chance, get this stuff back. And everybody does, except Donald Trump. Right. not only lied about having the stuff in a letter. And this is all an unforced error. If he had just given the stuff back, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. <laughs> okay, right?
1: I object to the characterization. It wasn't an error he did on purpose, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah.
5: So, Jen, Jen Rubin, go ahead. Um, Thanks. One, he was not charged, I believe, with any document
6: that he gave back voluntarily to the National Archives, even though there had been a delay, even though he took things he was not supposed to.
1: They Can can I interrupt you for one second? Because this is really important.
5: But if you could just speak briefly about the levels of- Also... of, uh, what am I trying to say, Uh, the extent to which Donald was
1: given enormous leeway here and how at the very outset we cannot pretend that he's being treated like anybody else. right.
6: First of all, this was a period of 18 months. If you or I had national security documents, they would be in our homes in a nanosecond. So the sheer passage of time. First of all, the National Archives went back and forth with him, back and forth with him very patiently for months. They then turned it over to the Justice Department. The Justice Department talked to him. The Justice Department then sent a subpoena they responded to the subpoena. They then learned that the subpoena really was not uh, complied with. They then went to a judge. They showed probable cause. They got a warrant, and lo and behold, they turned up more documents. And it is from those more documents that he took improperly. He did not respond to in a In response to a subpoena, he moved around and ultimately had to be recovered through
5: a court-ordered search that we are talking about. So the notion that this is just like anybody is just wrong. I,
6: I don't even know of any, um, forget about the presidential cases. In the other cases, there was none of this, none of this.
4: They were very, Not alone,
6: put, put aside for the moment that they were the level of secrets and put aside for a moment. The fact he was reading them to people in his place and put aside from a moment that he was ordering them be moved around, you know, like um, a, uh, you know, a game of uh, three-card Monty. So, that's first. Second, you are absolutely right that the norm in federal court is that cameras are not there. The norm is wrong, and the press should fight to change it.
3: Courts are not
6: some special thing. Um, This is a court-invented rule for courts.
5: We have cameras in Congress, we have cameras in congressional hearings. There is no reason why we cannot have audio recordings, we get audio
6: recordings of the Supreme Court, for goodness sakes, Um, they're released afterwards. you don't want to re- reveal the identities of the jurors. Fine, you're not allowed to take pictures of them or to name them. Generally, the press has complied with that. They did in the Eugene Carroll case, but to not have cameras is such an abrogation of the First Amendment. We have put up with this for way too long. It's a disgrace, um, and yeah. I really wish the media, my employers, and others would fight harder on these cases.
2: They will
5: to
6: the courts and. Push and push and push. Third point, I think part of the difficulty here is that, as you say, everything is spun. The elected Republicans pretend not to have read the indictment. Everybody ducks. Um, Fox News will not cover the trial unless they could come up with something you know, helpful. If it's on, it's on and everybody has to watch, and they will watch. Yeah, now, absolutely.
1: Now, think, just think back to Watergate.
6: Right. We were all glued. Think back to OJ. We were yeah. all glued to it. The country was watching. I will say this. During the E.G. Carroll lawsuit, when we did not have cameras in the courtroom, it was almost like a federal court. We didn't have cameras. They couldn't broadcast directly. We got accounts afterwards. We nevertheless did get some very good reporting out of that. And we will have more of that this time. But it is not a substitute. The notion that this is a substitute for the First Amendment, for the public's right to know for the First Amendment is nonsense. There is no reason why it can't be reported. And you know who should want this more than anyone else? should be Judge Cannon. Because yes. her reputation is on the line. If she actually wants to play it straight and get back some of her reputation, this is the way to do it.
1: Yeah, uh, Jen, I want to talk about uh, Aileen Cannon in a, l- later, because I know you just wrote a piece about why she shouldn't even be allowed to say whether or not there's a camera in the courtroom because she shouldn't be in the courtroom. Uh, but I, I want to switch gears for a second. Um, well, and first point out that yeah, you're right. There was good live tweeting and reporting uh, from the Manhattan courthouse uh, during Eugene Carroll's civil trial. But let, let's say you write uh, about it in the Washington Post. Gentile live tweets it. Norm does a podcast about it with Kabita Patel. Brian writes about it. I, I Nobody's go. Nobody who needs to see this trial more than anybody else is going to read our take on it. Right. They need it on television. uh, And I don't I don't think audio does the trick either. Um, Okay. so one of the things that I for some reason, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. But what seems to have gotten lost is why. These charges are so serious. Yes, it's the kinds of documents he stole and i'm not using the word allegedly because we know he stole them so there you go uh it's the consequences the potential damage that was done by his retention of the documents and by the fact that we don't know what he did with them people's lives were at stake here and may still be he had what is known as human intelligence sensitive compartmentalized intelligence having to do with agents in the field who were and still are at risk. So am I wrong? I mean, it just... uh,
3: Yeah, you're not wrong. And I wanna um, talk about that and add something ahead of this, something that folks may have not noticed. Uh, with what was he doing with this information? Why was he keeping it? If any of you have your indictment handy, printed out or on your screen, or uh, not device. that much of a nerd, uh, and um, you may notice that on page um, page thirteen, there is a, there are two photos above paragraph number thirty one, um, and one of them is a you know they're various storage room photos. This is not the famous chandeliered bathroom (laughs) Um, and in it someone pointed out i had not looked carefully um there appears to be a a, uh, high tech or a uh, a not a single, but a, what would you call it, a multi-volume copy machine, and you know, a, like a corporate copy machine in yeah. the photo. Um, now, the the government didn't say uh, <coughs> anything about whether he was copying the, the information or not, uh, but let's just talk about what that information was. As Mary noted, there you know, there's 31 of the charge counts of the, 38, 30, of the 37 accounts directed at Donald Trump, 31 of them were alleged violations of the Espionage Act. And there's a list of 31 documents described in very general terms that go to the kinds of national security concerns that a getting out can hurt you know, people in the field, actual people who are undercover. It also hugely damages our relationship with our allies and further antagonizes our, um, those who are not our allies, people we may call enemies or people who we are less friendly with, not our friends. Because listed here of those 31, like 29 of them reference that there's information about foreign governments, uh, nuclear capacity or defense capabilities. Only two of them are solely about the US the others are kind of a combination. This is, and by the way, this is only 31. Note that there are more than, you know, there are 100, I forgot the exact number of documents that were considered to have national security secrets in them. And there's a reason why these were handpicked. Some of them, I'm sure, they don't want to even bring up, um, you know, in trial. There's just too much of a risk of that information getting out there. This is really devastating. The reason why the Espionage Act exists is because it's it, it, it's designed to say people who are holding on to documents, uh, keeping, taking, keeping, refusing to return or using um, these uh, national security documents um, should be charged because we can't have folks taking stuff home from work and refusing to, to give it back. We've seen people go to prison. Reality Winner went to prison. Others did for far less uh, and did not get the courtesy he he gets. And by the way, I want to add to what Jennifer Rubin said, which is when she began her timeline of the patient waiting, uh, it had already been a year. Donald Trump leaves office January 20th. It wasn't until February the following year of 2022 that he handed over his first 15 boxes. That's when the National Archives freaks out because there's very sensitive, you know, information in the boxes. They talk to the DOJ. They get that uh, grand jury subpoena. And then he ends up defying the subpoena, according to these allegations. So between February and August, when they ended up getting the search warrant and going in, he was basically yanking their chain. And he still is. Um, And we have, apparently, the government has him on tape. Saying, you know,
5: mm-hmm.
3: you know, it's rare that you get this, where you get yeah. him actually confessing. Anyway, so Mary, yeah. this is this is the worst thing to get out there. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, and you know he had a copy machine, so you know, I think he might have been selling this stuff uh, for favors.
1: And listen, motive doesn't matter in this case. Just if you if you murder somebody, it doesn't really matter why. If you rob a bank, doesn't really matter why. Um, but uh, I I think. It is important to understand that there may be more coming here. Uh, Just because you returned them doesn't mean he didn't make copies. It's Donald, of course, he made copies of them. Um, And uh, I also just want to point out that Jen Taub, as your name is Jen, when you refer to Jen Rubin, you just have to say Jen. Because we'll know, unless you're talking about yourself, which would be weird.
3: Well, not everybody is listening. Wait, wait, wait. Let me actually correct you. All right. right. It's okay. It's okay. I get it. Let's move on. People may not know which Jen was talking.
1: Okay. Yeah. But you'll you'll just mean other gen in that case. Anyway, Norm, go ahead.
2: Um a, a few points. First all, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who continues to be uh the worst speaker in the history of the You mean house.
1: Mr. Garage Door?
2: Yeah, and but also yeah. Mr. Hey, the bathroom can be locked. <laughs> Apparently right? Kevin McCarthy doesn't realize that you lock a bathroom from the fucking inside. That's right. you just lock it from the oh outside. my God. <laughs> it's very convenient for Chinese spies to go into the bathroom, lock the door so yes, no one yes. can interrupt them. Excuse me, I'm and not a feeling well.
1: I'm gonna go into the bathroom and
2: lock the door yeah. for an
1: hour and a half. I you know,
2: the last thing you want was a bathroom door that can be locked from the outside, which may lock you in. Uh, so A second point on the copying machine. When I saw that, what jumped out at me is, I am pretty sure you can take a copying machine and look at what has been
1: copied. Yes, you can.
2: So whether or not the uh, Justice Department investigators took that copying machine to look at it, which could provide damning evidence of top secret documents being copied, is a puzzle to me because it appears to still be there. Then just one other point. Um, I'm seeing all of these stories that about the uh, tension between the FBI and the Justice Department over, you know, what the Republicans who support Trump inaccurately call the raid on Mar-a-Lago. That uh, that that uh, apparently, uh, allegedly, uh, Merrick Garland was very reluctant to allow the search of Mar-a-Lago to take place for reasons that in some ways you can understand. You're still dealing with a former president going into his residence, even though it is an illegal residence because he's not allowed to have a residence that is, in effect, a uh, hotel. Um, but uh, it led me to back to wondering why, after we saw the tape, of all the boxes being loaded onto the plane to go to Bedminster, they never issued a search warrant for Bedminster. You've got, I mean, it is just almost certain that there are, out, there are other documents at Bedminster, and probably at some of the other Trump places. I wonder if we have cars that took some of them to Doral, where he has been staying this time. but. Why we have not yet looked at Bedminster. My guess is that what we have in this 37 count indictment is truly the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what Trump hid away and what he might have done with these documents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Quick points. One,
6: I suppose it's conceivable that they did execute a search warrant at Bedminster. The only way we found out about Mar-a-Lago was because Trump leaked it. So it's not like they have to announce it publicly, but not only did they would. <laughs> not charge um, any document from Bedminster, but they also didn't charge a dissemination count. And the dissemination, apparently, as far as we know, came at Bedminster when he was reading from a document to two different groups of people. People often say it's not the same conversation. It's a group of aides, and it's people from his political pack that he is sharing this information. So anyone who thinks this was overcharged, I think, is wrong. And something in the back of my mind wonders, I wonder if he's saving just a little piece of this, if this part of the trial goes south, he can file a suit in New Jersey for those documents and for dissemination.
1: Well, he should be for sure, especially. I
6: I wonder if that's a little something. Last point I'll make, they had Chinese spies running (laughs) around at at Mar-a-Lago. It would have been safer in your bathroom or my bathroom (laughs) because last time I looked, I didn't have Chinese
1: spies in my (laughs) home. Well, and and Jen, that's why the, the false equivalents here which Republican leadership is allowing either through the same kind of dangerous rhetoric Donald's using or through the very brave silence be like fucking Mitch McConnell, uh, because people are, are able to say, well, you know, there was stuff in a garage. Well, you know what? I once had a garage and nobody could get into my garage because it was a, in a private home. This is a very different, this is a social, a members-only social club, but with people wandering around who just come in off the street. I mean, this is not a safe environment. And in fact, the Washington Post did a really good interactive graphic just kind of showing how uh, the the floor plan of Mar-a-Lago, where the documents were, how easy it was to access the areas. And that's the kind of thing we would hope to see in a trial that, the American people could witness if we had cameras uh, in the courtroom. I would just say one one small thing,
6: and that is one of the reasons they chose these documents is that they are aware of the gray mail issue. Gray mail is when a defendant in a documents case says to the court, I need to have those documents in order to defend myself. Turn them over to me or dismiss the suit. So you have to really hit the sweet spot. They have to be important enough that they're top secret and they're going to impress a jury, but not so important that if you were forced to, you couldn't deal with that in a whole process involved with uh, documents that's supposed to be followed, you know, followed in, um, in courts. So you really have to get it right. And in this case, it also had to be from that pool of documents that they could only get from a search warrant. So I think those thirty seven documents are very carefully selected and to Norm's point, there have got to be scores, hundreds of others that yeah.
1: are listen, there's no reason up. to hang on a second, Brian. There's no reason yeah. to think that uh stuff isn't buried in that extremely creepy, weird gravesite on the the back yeah. nine. Yeah. Uh <laughs> where I mean, first of all, she was cremated. What was she being buried for? That's yeah. that's one issue. But Who gets buried on a freaking golf course? Anyway, that aside, we're going to assume that Jack Smith knows what he's doing. So, Brian, um, to quote my favorite serial killer in the excellent show uh, Mind Hunters, um, talking about giving Donald due process and treating him like any other defendant is uh, closing the barn door after the horses have escaped somewhat. I mean, this is, he's yeah. never, there's always been a double standard, but unlike Donald and his supporters, it's always, uh, unlike their representation that it's always been against him, it's always favored him. He's always been treated with ridiculous amounts of deference and patience and all this other stuff. So how do we, what do we do when it keeps being presented in this way? Like, you know, he really needs to be treated fairly. I mean, if by fairly, you mean like everybody else. Well, we've already failed that test because he left the courthouse today.
4: Yes, that's all right. a couple, I'll answer that question, but I'm gonna get a couple of quick points yeah, to Jen. To, uh, Jen, I think you're absolutely right. We've, this is not what we've seen in this investigation. Remember, both of the, neither one of these grand juries, neither the one in DC nor the one in Florida have been dismissed. So this investigation yeah. is ongoing. To Norm's point about Bedminster, there were several of us, and I'm going to give credit to John Bennett, from, he's the editor-at-large at CQ Roll Call, Jim Acosta and myself standing on the South Lawn watching the helicopter leave on many occasions in the last few months of the Trump administration, with him carting boxes that look eerily familiar to what we mm-hmm. just saw, taking these boxes onto Marine One, and John goes, Wonder what's in those boxes? <laughs> because he'd be going, Well, I'm going this weekend to Bedminster, and I'm going, What, what, what are you taking light reading with you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. fellas, you know, you don't read. <laughs> yeah, he was. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that somewhere, someway, somehow, this is Secret's not the end sure. of it. To your point, Mary, he has been given an incredible amount of deference for reasons that escape me. And everything that they say about this particular you case, you know, it's a
3: two-tier justice
4: system. No. This, if you don't prosecute him, that shows a two-tiered justice system. You are giving the man an incredible amount of deference already to his station uh, or his former station in this country. He has set and made history with the simple fact that he is the first to be in, uh, impeached twice and indicted twice and facing a federal indictment for, prosec- for uh, prosecuting him for obstruction of justice.
5: There really aren't very
4: many more serious things than that. It's I mean, I guess trader. seditious conspiracy, you know, that's, that's it, which may be coming. So, I just ask Stuart Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, this guy could spend, if he ever sees, a, if he's found, so look, is the worst traitor alive. Of innocence until proven guilty by a reasonable doubt in a court of law of his purity. Sorry, I
5: just rolled my eyes. Sorry, it
1: was involuntary.
5: <laughs>
2: Mix, uh, got
1: makes a 10 followers, big whoop. Well, maybe you should post
4: your stuff. He is innocent something. until proven guilty. I'll give him that. However, knowing the guy and spending four or five years in close proximity to him, this is all because of Donald Trump's hubris, and he's falling because of it. He will, I don't know if he'll ever, that deference is what I'm afraid of, found guilty and no real jail time. Just wearing a, I mean, I could see a plea deal where he's got to wear an ankle bracelet, go to to go stay to, in Mar-a-Lago, to. stay off social media and not run for office. And he would make political hay out of that before he finally shut him up. I, I, um, I am like you. I am extremely concerned about the deference that we've already shown him when he has shown. No, this is, today, his own mouthpiece said, look, uh, we the, the people who run this country hate, hate the United States. They hate Donald Trump. Confusing love of country for love of Donald. He has destroyed the fabric or ripped it asunder of this nation, show no deference to the ideals that we stand for. I would love to see him have gone into jail today, then slapped the cuffs on him and thrown his butt in jail until he made bail, which he would do by bouncing a check to another attorney.
1: And again, if he had been anybody else, that's exactly what would have happened. And the only reason uh, his co-conspirator wasn't thrown into jail is because Donald wasn't. Yeah. If he had been standing alone, he would have been thrown into jail. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of of the frustrations, especially for, for lay people like me, is that, and this is true in the Georgia case, and the January 6th case as well. He's guilty. We have the evidence. It's right in front of us, or we have the recordings of it. And again, it seems like the process is playing out in a way that only benefits him. And, um, you know, I guess maybe this doesn't matter as much, but he's got these people defending him no matter what. He has nothing but contempt for them. Like he feels about them the way he feels about these, these documents—they're they're his to do yes. with what he wants. And uh, you know, Norm, I'm I'm sure you saw the picture of the box that had been knocked over, and there are these top secret classified documents yeah. just spilled out. Although I was also noticed a couple of them were were newspapers, uh, from pages of newspapers that had Donald's picture on them. Um, but you know, just spilled out on the floor in some some storage room, and. Like, that's him. Like, you know, he was a slob when he was a kid. My grandmother used to complain about it all the time. So the idea that this man has any respect for anything or anybody beyond his own self-interest is also, I I think it just adds to how infuriating it is that he continues to benefit from a system he's seeking to destroy.
2: And it's... Very troubling, because we know that he's engaged in criminal behavior over the course of his entire life, and he's gotten away with it. He's gotten away with it by having armies of lawyers who've delayed and uh, managed to get him past things, by bribing people, by doing all kinds of acts to get away with it, and we have to be fearful that it'll happen again. Uh, You know, when I saw Rachel Maddow suggest that maybe there should be a plea deal where he agrees not to run for any other office uh, in return for not prosecuting him, I almost threw a brick through the television set. Uh, But I also think that he wouldn't take a deal like that if Aileen Cannon is the judge, because it's entirely possible that she will not only delay the trial, but maybe even do a directed verdict. Uh, So we've got that uh, to consider and to worry about. The other thing, just going back, you know, we know that foreign governments, whether they're allies or adversaries, spend huge sums of money to try and get American secrets or get into what's going on in this country. What a bargain to pay 200,000 bucks for admission to Mar-a-Lago, and you know, I'm Both thinking maybe, one of, maybe some government put together a wedding band for when they <laughs> So they're up on the stage in the ballroom, and while the band is playing, you know, YMCA, they're leaping through the documents. They're stuffing um, top
3: secret documents down there. The code board is. Can you show me where the restroom is? Whoop them, whoop them, gang them, You know what? Unfortunately, like I mean the. And the problem is like, none
1: of this is funny because that probably happened. Some version of that probably yeah. happened. And tonight, to your point, Norm, or to your last point, he's charging a hundred thousand bucks to get into Bedminster, where yeah. for all we know, yeah, I mean, what is it? A hundred, it's it's like 90,000 to have dinner with him, a hundred thousand to rent a shovel and go down to the back nine and dig up the graves. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But anyway, B Y O S.
3: Bring your own bring, shovel. Bring your own
1: shovel. Jen Rubin, I still want to get to you in the Alien cannon issue, but Unindicted Waj is in the house, and um, Unindicted Wash, uh, I, I, am continue to be so troubled. Like you know, Norm's mentioning what Rachel Maddow, who really should know better, said about you know a freaking plea deal. I mean, what, to the greatest trader to America? So, I mean, look, we, we saw how that worked out with Robert E. Lee and uh, not Jeffrey. I always call him Jefferson Sessions. Jefferson Davis. <laughs> Same
0: difference. Jefferson Airplane.
1: You know, they, <laughs> they, they <laughs> no. got away with it. They got pardoned posthumously. We saw what happened when, for, when they made that egregious deal with Spiro Agnew
6: hmm. and
1: uh, Ford... Uh, pardon Nixon, and I, I was thinking about this and I was like what, the next president should have been a Democrat because the two Republic I mean, the, right, the Speaker of the House should have been, be, what, like, what is going on? Have we not learned our lessons? And the us. only good thing is that we finally put to rest this, this talking point. Can America handle it if Donald Trump's indicted? The answer is, Waj, unindicted, Waj. Yeah. emphatically yes. yes. So now the question is, can America handle it if he's not convicted, and and or would I? And I think this would be worse. He's allowed to he is person. offered like this sweet plea deal, uh, or he's pardoned
0: yeah america has always been hijacked by white yeah, supremacy sucks. and capitalism right and i sound like a broken record but i'm glad you mentioned robert e lee and jefferson Airplane davis uh, <laughs> uh excellent examples of traitors to america actual traitors to america who decided to fight against the united states of america to maintain the obscene abomination of slavery lost and this is how white privilege exists. You know, whenever, whenever people say, show me that white privilege exists, I'm like, in order for me to have statues and restaurants named after me, and I would have to create statues.
5: You <laughs> have
0: racist traitors to the United States of America who lost the war who have statues named after them, right? And, and, and the narrative that was spun to appease this minority of white rage, right? That's what happened, which is why some historians say, actually, the South ended up winning. Right. The Civil War. Uh, they
1: did. And on Insighted Watch, I just want to add something really yeah. quickly so people understand that this is a an issue of white privilege. This is not about Republicans and Democrats. The person who pardoned Robert E. Lee in his probably, I think, worst pardon yeah. uh, of the two was Gerald Ford. The person who, who uh, pardoned Jefferson, Davis, Sessions, Beauregard, whatever, Davies, was Jimmy Carter. There
0: you go and and it just goes to show you how democrats have have to always even now with immigration with crime just right right now it's happening defense spending yeah defense spending have to always appease the bad faith actions of an increasingly radicalized and weaponized white supremacist minority that is willing to burn down everything for the sake of power and so like i've said on your show before the reason why i've been uh, increasingly skeptical. See, I measure wins differently. And, and by wins, I'm, I'm putting on my political cap now, right? Ideally, yes, you want to see the rule of law win. You want to see the fact that no one is above the law, the fact that they have Trump dead to rights, the fact that he's such an amazingly reckless criminal who admits his crimes on tape repeatedly. It's like a gift for a prosecutor. It's a slam dunk. Georgia alone should get him in jail. This, with the tapes, and I recommend everyone read the indictment. If you don't want to read the indictment, Ali Velshi as a podcast where he reads the indictment, uh, which was fun. I, I uh, so I listened to him do it for a while. I mean, dead to rights, you have him, and we haven't even talked about January sixth, and we haven't even talked about the, the New York case, uh, uh, in, uh, the, the multiple counts that Alvin Bragg bought. and, and we haven't uh, we haven't even talked about the, uh, the other financial crimes, right? So I know there's a part of us that wants to see him convicted, but I'm also a student of U.S. history, like you, Mary, and Richard Nixon got pardoned. What you know what happened, Richard Nixon? Wrote a lot of books, went on a speaking Became a door. statesman, for God's sakes. They thanked you for opening China. like, And so I don't think a Republican president who is the front runner for the GOP in 2024, who represents white supremacy and capitalism, will ever spend a day in jail precisely for these reasons. I think my win, right? And, and this is what frustrates people. The last thing I'll say is I was talking to friends. Like, how does this guy get away with it and now in the new york times they're they're showing latino voters who are saying we're praying for him because he's pro-family and he's pro-god and you know how the religious right is peeling poc voters which is another thing i've been they warning who's about family and God? well that's what they're saying he's pro basically he's anti-gay who? he's anti-gays and anti-women who? So.
1: sorry i missed who uh,
0: uh, there's a latino pastor who's praying with trump right now after uh oh he's saying
1: donald is pro yes yes Take it from me, folks. <laughs> he is the most pro-family person who's ever walked the earth. He cares so much about his family.
0: So much. Uh, you know, so much. And so God. The, so this it's is a mean, know, the, You're the be fact a mean. that Democrats have allowed this to go without fighting back. And, and the last thing I'll say, the fact that Gavin Newsom fought back. Here's an opportunity for Democrats to fight back, and really fight. Yeah. Call them elites. Call them the traitors, call them the people against a security, call them the people mm-hmm. who are going against the average Joe, right? And the win for me here, Mary, is not going to be Donald Trump being hurt walked into jail. I don't think it's ever going to be ha- happen. What I see the win is, and I know this is going to frustrate a lot of people, is you chip away for the next two years. You chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, drip, 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 drip. And you've seen the entire Republican establishment go all in with Trump. They're stuck with us. And so now leading up to 2024, as the floodgates open, and I think they will, and I think people will rat on Trump to save their own skin. I think all of them are gonna be so complicit that it's gonna create a narrative of utter dysfunction and corruption, which worked against Hillary Clinton, a manufactured outrage. Kevin McCarthy and Steve Bannon admitted they did, that murder in 2016. That's the political long-term win, and I hope some fighters emerge from the Democratic Party that call this out, which will help the rest of us restore some semblance of democracy that's that's my i i know it might seem cynical folks but i'm also a realist
1: no i don't think it's cynical at all and, and Jen, i, I want to go to you right now uh jen rubin um and when what you said i think I, I don't know it's certainly not the best we can hope for but i do think it's realistic that there is a slow build here uh that more and more comes out more and more people start to rethink uh, their belief system, their priorities, um, and I have to be honest, one of the reasons, if it's down to Aileen Cannon uh, to decide whether or not there are cameras in the courtroom, I think one of the reasons she would decline uh, is because bad for Donald. So Jen, uh, you wrote an article about how very unfit this uh, woman who's 42 and has no experience at doing anything except helping Donald get out of public.
6: Yeah. Can I just add one little civil c- Civil war little note? Yeah. There are also such morons about history. Two of the presidential candidates want to rename what was Fort Bragg, what was changed Fort Bragg. Do you know who Bragg was, Braxton Bragg? He was first of all he was a southern general. Second of all, he was a slave owner. Third of all, he was the worst general in the South. They what right. a loser. This is what these well, people But
1: they to. do. They I mean, do but losers. It, and just a, another quick point about that. It was renamed Fort Liberty. If they have a problem with well, the truth of the matter is that they do have a problem
5: with that. you. Yeah.
1: Well that,
4: that tells you everything you need to know about those who oppose it. So, yes,
6: uh, Eileen Katt, there is a rule, it's not a suggestion, it's not Jen been saying there's a rule that says if there is bias or the appearance of bias, a federal judge should recuse himself. As Stephen Gillers, who's a uh, professor at NYU ethics expert, say, this is not a moral imperative this is a rule rule this is based on a rule and the question is does the woman who took a case in which she had no jurisdiction created a special rule just for donald trump because the stigma of being indicted would be too great who issued rulings that were so atrocious that the 11th circuit one of the most conservative circuits in the country slammed down, whether this person may have the appearance of bias in a courtroom in which the guy who nominated her, the guy who she threw a lifeline to, the guy she was slapped down for helping, there might be the appearance of bias. And let me say it both ways, if she is actually chastened, which I don't know that she is, and is walking the straight and narrow, his defendants will say, well, of course, she bent over backwards because she was being accused by the mob. And if she's not, if she plays the same game and he's acquitted, all of us will know that justice was once again denied. So there is no universe in which half the country will not believe that this is bias. What better example of the appearance of bias could there be than there is no way for her to shed this appearance of bias. Now, unfortunately, it is left up to the judge. Some commentators have suggested the chief judge could come around and tap her on the shoulder or the 11th Circuit could come around. She didn't have to pay attention to them. She doesn't, she's got lifetime tenure. She can do whatever the hell she wants. I will say I have a little, little bit of hope and it comes from this. We have seen this week a parade of establishment Republicans, everyone from Trey Gowdy to Mike Pompeo to Chris Christie to. They are beginning to break with Trump saying these are really serious. This is egregious stuff. We've even had a congressman say, if it's true and he's convicted, I can't support him. If she reads the tea leaves, that the play for her in future years will have been against Trump, in other words, helping the establishment Republicans get rid of him and get him off the stage, I have no doubt she would do.
1: Well, why Why would she care? Why would she care? Because she
6: wants to be an appellate court judge, and someday she wants to be in the Supreme Court. These people oh, are So incredible. she's insane and deluded. She is insane, and she is incredibly ambitious. So she will do this, figure out which way the wind is blowing, because none of these people have any principles. None of these people are loyal to Trump. They're all in it for them. And when she thought it was gonna get her something by helping him stave off um, a search warrant, she went that way. As more Republicans shift the other way, hmm, she may say, oh, maybe I would get more brownie points doing it this way. And if you think that is incredibly cynical,
2: they are. It's they reality.
1: Are. I mean, it's exactly. Global. It's just absolutely reality. Uh, Gentile, I want to move over to you, but want to mention first of all that uh, Norm reminded us that there are actual awesome Jeffersons in the world, uh, in in the fictional characters of uh, <laughs> George and Louise, uh, who, as Gentile pointed out, were created by another awesome Norm, who's 101 and still kicking which I love. Um, I like. Many of you I'm sure grew up watching um the Jeffersons, which is a spin-off from another show I grew up watching, All the Family. And yeah, Louise it, I have a soft spot in my heart for Louise Jefferson in particular. Wheezy. Uh, so Wheezy. She I just absolutely adored uh, Isabel Stanford. Um anyway. Uh to slightly more relative relevant uh, matters. But Jen, um One thing that I'm finding, and again, it's not surprising, still does shock me a little bit. The uh, elected Republicans or Republicans uh, in leadership um, who are among those engaging in the most dangerous rhetoric are
4: lawyers.
1: They know they're lying. They know how dangerous this is. What do we do about that? I mean, it's so frustrating uh, that I, you know, it's very, and and one of those people, by the way, J.D. Vance, who sadly is a senator, which just diminishes that institution uh, in ways that are kind of difficult to describe, uh, it's putting a hold on uh, any nominations to the ZOJ. You know he's basically holding his breath until he turns blue um because he's just a disruptor these people have nothing to offer but so what do we what do we do about that and what do we make of the fact that other republicans who probably know i mean who know the score but are also totally cool with having donald face the consequences of his completely anti-american treasonous actions or say nothing.
3: Are you referring to Mitch McConnell when he was asked today? I am indeed. That's one of the people subject. I'm referring to.
1: Yeah, because nobody gives a shit what Mitt Romney has to say. He's a rhino. Mitch McConnell is the majority leader.
3: You know, no I'm, I'm not, look,
1: sorry, that's hmm, what I meant. I don't yeah, mean I'm to defend
3: you. Mitch McConnell, but the way I try to understand Wait, him, Do you want to, g- I'm
1: going to mute you.
3: <laughs> God, God,
1: God. So
3: when I try to understand what someone's going to do next, as opposed to what motivates them, and, or I want to figure out what motivates someone, I think about what are they going to do next, and then I kind of figure it out, kind of mm-hmm. both of those things together. Mm-hmm. You know, Mitch McConnell is interested in uh, being in the Senate to further those policies that he wants to further, and also for his own personal benefit. Those are the two things. And you know, the way he, he has always dealt, I think, with Donald Trump is the way uh, that, that I'm reminded of, you know, if you're at a sort of like a corporate employee, you know, CEOs come and go, you know, they're self-aggrandizing, sometimes they make money for the company, sometimes they go to jail. Uh, and the regular workers are just gonna kind of try to do the work, keep the company running, keep make sure the shareholders, you know, get their dividends and the like. And so if you, if you take that analogy, over to Congress, you know, he despises Donald Trump. He thinks he's a clown. He will still vote for him if he is the nominee. Um, And he's trying to figure out the best way to keep power for himself in the Republican Party. And there's no benefit to Mitch McConnell to say anything positive or negative about Donald Trump. Well, it doesn't help him. And we've learned that the Republican base isn't going to reward or punish mitch mcconnell for his silence so he's not going to speak and as for jd vance you know he's kissing donald Trump, Donald trump's tuchus because that's what helped him uh you know has helped him in the past and he has no moral compass and he's basically he's going to take the long odds that trump will win so that he can advance himself because that's the best plan not only that People forget. Like, you can change your – you can be a Republican who says Donald Trump is terrible and a week later say he's great, and no one will punish you for that either. So so some of the people – McConnell doesn't need to play those games. He's been doing the steady thing, doing what he wants to do regardless of the circus. He's just going to keep doing what he wants. So people like J.D., people like, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham, who God knows what they have on him. I don't even want to see it
1: is, is <laughs> right, because you want to be able to sleep a night yeah I can't. yeah,
3: yeah. Is, all of them are just doing what no they thing, want to do no most no people thing. don't remember
1: yeah we only we want other. we want cameras in the courtroom and that rats basically yeah, um yeah. so I uh, yeah I I think that um, Mitch McConnell this was my assessment until recently. Uh, that Mitch McConnell is the greatest traitor to this country since the aforementioned Robert E. Lee. Um, I think Donald is going to seize that prize. Uh, and, you know, one of the things about their treasury that I've always found so despicable is that unlike Robert Lee and...